It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. And we're going to talk about two things mainly on today's show. And one of them may or may not be out of date by the time you listen to this. But I, one of the reasons I wanted to address it uh, today, and certainly we will talk about it tomorrow uh, if and when that's necessary. But the supplemental draft is today. And this afternoon, and uh, well, I guess depending on where you are and where you're listening to this, but uh, the Packers have reportedly had considerable interest in Washington State safety Jalen Thompson. Uh, it may be the case that he's already been selected. Uh, we're going to go through that uh, and, and why he might be interesting to Green Bay, a little bit of the mechanics, just so we can answer some of these questions up front. Uh, so that we're, we're ahead of the game on this. And, and I think some of the broader points are relevant, even if the Packers don't select anyone. Uh, but I want to start with some comments that were made uh, by Carl Lawson of the Bengals, who said Aaron Rodgers is easy to sack. And I, I don't want to spend too much time on that part of it, because, uh, you know, Carl Lawson is a good player, and, and you know, his, his opinion is interesting in this particular way. One of the things that I think uh, the Packers found appealing about Matt LaFleur was his offense was congruent in a lot of ways with specific things Aaron Rodgers likes to do. So to this point about being able to, to be sacked or being easy to be sacked, if you go back to 2018, and this was this was you know this is all all this information is is readily available, but it is also uh, all just easily put into one tweet by Ben Fennel, friend of the show, that the Packers last season had the best pass blocking grade in football according to Pro Football Focus. They had 50 sacks uh, and led the NFL in third down sacks, but 45 of their 53 sacks were at a time when the quarterback held the ball for over 2.5 seconds. It is true. Aaron Rodgers 
is someone who holds the ball. That has always been true about Aaron Rodgers. And he has taken sacks. And that has led to a lower interception rate than other quarterbacks who forced the ball out and uh, and forced the ball, maybe even the wrong words, that, that the offense is predicated on, on them getting the ball out quickly. Drew Brees, for you know much of his career, was highly efficient doing it that way. Tom Brady mostly does it that way, where the ball is snapped. He's getting to the top of his drop, and the ball is out. That is, for part of Aaron Rodgers' career at least, more or less how he played. It is not how he has played lately for myriad reasons that we have gone over, you know, to me, ad nauseum. What I think is interesting here, though, is this this broader idea of that fit with Matt LaFleur. Because Matt LaFleur's offense, at least the passing game, is predicated on a couple different things. Number one, it's built off play action. That is the foundational part of this offense. Well, why do you have play action? Well, you have play action to create big plays, at least by and large. You're not going play action most times to try and get four yards. Now, you may have a play that has levels. You've got a deep post, you've got a crosser, and you've got a flat route. And it it might be that you have to throw the flat and that's it. I mean, a lot of John Gruden's favorite play Spider 2Y Banana is a play designed to go to the fullback or the tight end in the flat. And that's play action. And the Packers run a version of that. They've run a version of it forever, going back to Brett Favre. It is a staple of the West Coast offense. The Packers ran a lot of those play action boots. The tight end on that side leaks out. You've got an easy throw and an easy catch. Okay, but the Matt LaFleur version of play action is about shot plays. The Sean McVay version of play action is about shot plays. The Kyle Shanahan version of play action is about shot plays and leak plays. You get everyone going one direction, you leak a tight end or a fullback out the backside, and all of a sudden you've got a big play down the field. Those are created off play action. We've already hashed and rehashed and and re-rehashed the Aaron Rodgers play action questions. But if you're going to give him opportunities to create shot plays, he's going to like that. Okay, the other thing that's been a staple of the Matt LaFleur offense or that is a staple of the bones of the Matt LaFleur offense, you have to go to Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, and some of the influences on his offense to really get a feel for it, is uh, the instant throw. So basically catch, throw. So we've got there's tunnel screens bubble screens, different variations of that. And those are not opportunities for Aaron Rodgers to sit and read and read and wait and wait and wait. One of the things that I thought Carl Lawson said that was just flat wrong was that Rodgers was sitting in the pocket waiting for the read. He's not he's not sitting and reading and processing slowly. That's not the reason he holds the ball. He holds the ball because if there are open receivers, he knows where they are, he knows that they're open. He is willfully turning those plays down that is in part what makes his play at times so frustrating because we know he knows we know he knows that guys are open and of course he misses throws of course he misses reads you're not going to get it right on every play no one does Peyton Manning didn't Tom Brady didn't Joe Montana didn't Dan pick a pick a quarterback no one is right all the time and so that's just part of the deal 
But these plays in Matt LaFleur's offense where it's like, okay, this is designed to go to this person off this action because this is what's happening. It's built in. There is no read. Everything is set up to get the ball to one player in a specific way. That simplification is going to make it, theoretically anyway, so that Rodgers does not have to uh, sit and wait for stuff to come open because he wants to get the ball down the field. If you're giving him play-action shot plays, you're already theoretically, again, this is all theoretical right now because we haven't seen any of it, um, scratch that itch for him. He wants to do it every play. But you got to give him those opportunities. He's going to get it. Okay, so these built-ins, they're like extended handoffs. We already see them in the Mike McCarthy offense. They're also in the Matt LaFleur offense, but in a different way. The Matt LaFleur offense, again, this is theoretical. We think... We only have basically one year of evidence on what exactly a Matt LaFleur offense is going to look like, and we think it's going to look slightly different in Green Bay as a requirement. Different players. If you don't adjust to your players, you're you're doing it wrong, frankly. But so these, these pre-designed, you know, what I call predetermined plays, where you know when the ball is snapped, if everyone executes, the ball is going to go to this player. It is not like Mike McCarthy's offense has been for years where it is read one, read two, read three, read four, scramble drill. There's going to be a lot more built-in action in this offense. That is going to mitigate some of these holding, sitting, waiting opportunities. The other thing that is also important here is a lot of the drop-back passing that is done also involves shot plays. On almost every drop back pass that you're going to see there is going to be a deep option and oftentimes that option is going to be either pre-schemed open so the idea is get this guy free against a specific kind of coverage and or a double move this offense this passing offense is designed to get chunk plays not that every offense isn't But you go back and look at Mike McCarthy's offense, slant flat, which the Packers called a ton. The ball is not going that far down the field, okay? And and not to say that every every big play needs to go down the field, but you watch the Rams. Jared Goff is chucking it around the yard, or he's throwing it at the line of scrimmage. It's It's a tunnel screen, or it's a shot play. And that is, that is, I think, a a good way to run an offense for a young quarterback in particular. Now, Aaron Rodgers doesn't need as much help with some of those bubble screens. I don't think you're going to see them as much. I think they're going to be, you know, more about keeping the defense honest, uh, making sure that they can't sag back and just say, we're not going to let you beat us over the top. If, if everyone's playing off, you've got to get those passes out quickly to keep the defensive backs in particular honest. But this offense... The reason I say that it fits what Aaron Rodgers wants to do is because the things he wants to do are sit and hold and create the shot play. This offense creates those opportunities for him without him having to drop back and sit and hold the ball. They're designed that way. And then there are other designed plays where he is it basically doesn't have the option to sit and hold the ball because the play is designed to go one particular way. Now, if that is taken away, then you have to go into scramble drill and do the thing. But more often than not, when that happens, 
Rodgers is going to escape the pocket where he is dangerous and where he can create with his legs. And that, that leads to a whole other set of problems for a defense. So it has been the case. It is true that Rodgers has been easy to sack because he sits and holds the ball and he will not force the ball. So if there's pressure coming, he's just going to eat the ball. He's just going to eat that sack and not force the ball into coverage. So he may not be easier to get pressure on, but you may convert more of those pressures to sacks with Aaron Rodgers specifically because he is not going to say, well, let me force the ball in here into coverage so I avoid this sack. Now, you know, I think that that some of those instincts, you go back and watch him in 2008, 2009, 2010, he was much more willing to stand in there and take a shot and, and I don't take a risk is probably the wrong way of putting it because I think he had supreme confidence even then that he could fit these balls into tight windows. I think he still has that confidence he can do that. The question is, does he have confidence in the receivers out there to make the play for him? He's not going to take a shot if he doesn't think the guy is going to be in the right spot or is going to make the play for him. If he's confident in these receivers, then suddenly he may be more likely to stand in there and take a shot. But again, I go back to this idea of of congruence here. Matt LaFleur is going to give Aaron Rodgers the opportunity to do the things he wants to do while also giving him things that mitigate one of the truly only flaws in his game. And if you have flaws in your game in the bedroom, that's where BlueChew.com comes in. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for anyone who wants to get a little extra function in the bedroom. They're made in the USA, and Bluetooth prepares and ships direct, so they're cheaper than going to the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit Bluetooth.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's blue like the color blue. Chew.com promo code locked on to try it free. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there. Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season long wins without the season long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. All right, so let's talk about Jalen Thompson, the Washington State safety, who is apparently garnering significant interest from the Packers. He was at the workout. Uh, Green Bay hosted 
his medical evaluation. They will then share that information with the other teams. Uh, that's how that works. That's not just a, you know, a, a weird idiosyncrasy. That's how this works with the supplemental draft. And for those who you know are not quite up to date, I mean, I, I had to refresh myself on exactly how all of this worked and the mechanisms of it. But the supplemental draft is today at 1 o'clock Eastern. May have already happened. If you're listening to this on your morning commute, congrats. You you are in the window for this content. If you're on your lunch break, um, especially central time, congrats. You are in the window for this content. Uh, if you aren't, though, um, it may be the case that Green Bay has already selected Jalen Thompson. And that would be great because then, you know, the next eight or so minutes are not wasted. I think even if they, even if they, even if the Packers do not take Jalen Thompson, um, or he goes undrafted and and you know is ultimately signed by someone else, clearly they have interest in him, and I want to talk about the the broader impact of that or or things we can learn from it. But this is how the supplemental draft works. So teams can bid on players. It is like sort of like a blind auction draft you say uh i i would like jalen thompson for a fifth rounder and if you fall into a certain pool of teams there are this is ordered so it's you know the teams with six wins or fewer in 2019 um which is the packers and then there's teams with six or more wins that didn't make the playoff and then playoff teams so um you know let's say there are there are teams with the same number of, of round bids on a player, basically the worst team gets that player by virtue of this system. So it is not like a snake draft. And so that, that makes it interesting. There's some game theory in there. If you think another team is going gonna, is gonna to bid a second round pick on a player, you know, that, that is uh, something you have to take into consideration here. So Jalen Thompson, why could he be interesting for the Packers? Brian Gutekind said he he was going to continue to try and improve this team however he could. Jalen Thompson is a little bit undersized, came in at only 186, and and the reason he is in the supplemental draft, supplemental draft is for is for teams to draft players who were not eligible or did not make themselves eligible for the April draft, and in the interim either lost eligibility or something like usually that, that's what happens. So you you lose a medical red shirt or in the case of Jalen Thompson, he lost his final year of eligibility because he bought an, what he says was an over-the-counter supplement that he didn't know he couldn't take and lost that year. Now, we can have a whole probably series of podcasts on the wisdom of that punishment, not the point. By all accounts, this is a good kid who made a mistake, and not even that big a mistake, in my opinion. He had a breakout true sophomore season. He came to campus as a true freshman uh, and enrolled early and played well. And he had a breakout sophomore season, 73 tackles, 5.5 TFLs, 4 interceptions, um, 3 fumble recoveries. I mean, he is a, a fast, instinctive player. Uh, last season, he had eight passes defended, and according to Pro Football Focus, that would have been in the top five for draft-eligible safeties this season had he been in the in the April draft or the May draft. 
and so, you know, he is a day three draft talent. If the Packers decide to bid on him and get him, they are out that pick next year. So if they use a fourth round bid or a fifth round bid or a sixth round bid or whatever it is on Jalen Thompson, they don't have that pick next year. When you look at the roster right now, and this was part of the point I made to Natral Jamerson yesterday on the show, and if you haven't listened to that show, you know I encourage you to go back and listen to it. But after Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage, there's nothing on this roster in terms of proven players. And you know I, I was trying to do the 53-man projections for Acme Packing Company and going... What do I if Josh Jones is not on this team? I don't know who is. And Raven Green, maybe. But I think Jalen Thompson would be considered by most to be more talented than Raven Green, especially if Thompson was considered a day three talent, could have played his way into a, a bigger role, was a is still a young player, was a true junior last year. So the upside there, you bring in some talent. That would be that would be a pretty sizable upgrade over the guys that they currently have if they're if they're resolute in in acquiescing to Josh Jones's trade demands. Now we don't know if they are. They can say, "Hey, Josh, we want you on this team. We think you're an important part of this team, and this is the role we have for you. Sink or swim in it." I think Natrell Jamerson, frankly, is better suited for that role as someone who can cover in the slot, who can play deep safety. Just because I think Jamerson is is a better deep safety, and I think he's potentially a better slot corner. I mean, he was drafted as a corner. Doesn't mean I'm giving up on Josh Jones as a player. I still think there are things he can do well. I just I need to see more in his development. I, I just I what I would love is to see Josh Jones come into camp and just ball out and say, This is this is who I am and this is what I want to be. And for the Packers to say, Okay, great. We're going to find ways to get you on the field. And we want you to play 60% of snaps if we can do that. And, you know, maybe that comes at the subversion of Warren Burks' playing time. Go out and outplay him. Go win your spot. But for, for Thompson, I mean, I think you can make the case if Josh Jones is not going to be in the plans that he would be the third most talented safety on this roster. Now, Jamerson has a year of experience. He has experience in... A defense at the very least similar to Mike Patton's. He was on this roster last year, so he has familiarity with the players around him. You'd think there's some continuity there, but we don't know. We don't know what the coaches think of him. He didn't get a ton of opportunities to show what he can do as a player. So if they can come in and bring a developmental player in and give them a fourth guy there, and, and Josh Jones is not around, then suddenly they, they can fill out this roster a little bit easier, and it makes it easier for them to trade Josh Jones. Let's say they bid a sixth-round pick. Can they get a sixth-round pick in return for Josh Jones? You've recouped the pick that you used. And I think this is this is one of the reasons why the Packers said, we're going to trade Hawkland Dix. That fourth-round pick is going to be useful. And it was. They used it to trade up to get Darnell Savage. So, you know, I think if they're, if they're going to lose this pick by making a selection of the supplemental draft, there are ways to recoup that pick. And, and the guy that Thompson would potentially be replacing on the depth chart could hold the secret to unlocking that solution. 
So there is a ton of reasons to believe that the Packers would do this. There are a ton of reasons to believe in the wisdom of making a move like this. Uh, again, I don't think he is a bad kid. There are plenty of guys that go in the supplemental draft because they get kicked out of school for doing really stupid, um, really concerning things and don't get taken. And and some that are somewhere in, in the middle. Uh, you know, Josh Gordon was a red flag player. And he, you know, he had a, a brief shining star career and the, the red flags that that ended up putting him in the supplemental draft were the things that ultimately scuttled his career and and right now are holding him back from enjoying a full life. I mean this is a life problem for him. And that's really unfortunate. And and I hope he gets the help that he can get uh in in whatever, you know, substance abuse facility and whatever counseling he's getting. I just I I hope he finds that this is not that kid. So you know, the 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 sometimes there are, are caveats here, the caveats that normally come with some of these supplemental picks, they're just not here with Jalen Thompson. So I think there are there are obvious reasons to understand why the Packers would make a move like this. David Harrison here, the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast, celebrating with you a twenty one grain salute to a less boring sandwich, thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store this episode is brought to you by phillips one by sonicare one up your brushing with phillips one this one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old-school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting battery-powered or USB rechargeable one. The comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. And if the Packers do take Jalen Thompson, we will get a deeper dive into um, who he is as a player. We will have to set up a rookie orientation. The Kadar Holman one is is still a work in progress. I've been working on a lot of other stuff. Uh, we are going to have an interview next week with Packers, new Packers receiver and potential Packers return man, uh, Jawel Davis. Again, I think these conversations with players fighting to make rosters can be just as interesting as the ones with star players. I, I'm not saying that because that's the only people that I've had on recently. I, I, I truly believe that as a journalist and as a as someone who follows the league, that that is often where you where you can find really good, really compelling storylines 
So check that out next week. Uh, but again, if, if Thompson is a pick, then we're going to have to talk about it. Um, I also want to answer some of your questions because I, I, I got some good ones that I want to get to. So we're going to do all of that tomorrow. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Please do us a favor, leave a rating, leave a review of the show. And if you've already if you've already subscribed, you know, unsubscribe and resubscribe. It helps our numbers. It really does. Uh, at least I think it does. Not sure. Uh, the iTunes numbers are are weird and can be manipulated, but that's that's not the point here. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter. Follow the podcast on Twitter. Ask your questions there if you have them. I'll answer some of them there. I'll save some of them for the show. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, I highly encourage you to do that. Uh, we've still been getting a lot of questions um, that I'm excited to answer over the coming weeks. Training camp is is now almost here. We are under two weeks before the Packers are back on the field. So a lot to talk about and, and a lot to discuss once that happens, but still plenty to get to before that. So the best way to be prepared for all of that is to always stay locked on Packers. Mm-hmm.